generation family, I salute you in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who was and is. Hallelujah. He surely is to come. Amen and amen. The Bible says that our citizenship is in heaven above, from whence we await our Savior, who will transform our lowly bodies into the fashion of his likeness. Hallelujah. This is the great hope of the believer. And in this we rejoice. Hallelujah. So even when we lay down this body before his coming, we simply say we are falling asleep. We don't perish. Because the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Jesus was sent by God for one thing. The Bible says, for the grace of God, which brings salvation, has appeared unto all men. God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus came for one purpose, and that's only salvation. And salvation is a total package. Hallelujah. And in our generation, we have found a way to add other things to this package of salvation, which has gradually lured the heart of men through deception to follow after the things of There is a popular saying that material wealth is part of the salvation package. Now, anything that is part of the salvation, it means that as a believer, you should set your heart after it. I was just having a discussion with our dear sister Rhoda, and we're talking about this, and I was asking her the question. I said, Rhoda, is material wealth part of the salvation package? Hallelujah. And I know if I pose that question, some of us may hesitate in answering it. But you don't have to hold between two opinions. Hallelujah. The word of God is very clear on that. Now, is God against obtaining material wealth? No, no. A thousand times no. As a matter of fact, God wants you to do well. The Bible says that he's a God that takes pleasure in the well-being of his people. The well-being of his people. Hallelujah. But we should understand this, that Jesus, the grace of God, did not come down with material wealth for men. Jesus did not die on the cross so you can buy a house and buy a car. Jesus did not die on the cross so you can get marriage and buy a land and become a CEO. That is not the reason Jesus died on the cross. Even though all these things are good, why do I say that? Because before Jesus came, all these men were obtaining it. People were wealthy. In those days, people were driving what, what is equivalent to our cars in these days. Hallelujah. People were enjoying their lives. They were living good. The same as it was in those days, the same it is now. People were buying land. People were getting married. Hallelujah. Man did not need those things. That was not the pressing need of man. The need of man that necessitated God giving himself in the person of his son was salvation. What is salvation? Hallelujah. You see, these things, sometimes when we talk about it, people say they are the basics. But the truth is, a lot of people have not really understood it. And so many believers have made a shipwreck of their faith. They come into Christ, and the next thing is, 
because the word they had that brought them into Christ suggested to them that Jesus came so that they can have things. After they come into Christ, they set their heart and their goal and their strength in pursuing things. So after they come into Christ, Jesus now becomes a means to an end and not an end in himself. They do not seek Jesus for Jesus. They do not seek Jesus to know Jesus. They do not seek Jesus to grow in him. Hallelujah. And to have fellowship with the Father. They seek him as a means to an end. What is that end? They have their own end. Some success, which is as fleeting as the wind. Some material thing they have set their heart on. So the reason they pray, the reason they fast, if you notice all their prayer, all their fasting, all their pursuit, everything, the chunk of it is towards getting things of this life. Hallelujah. But today, I want to help you redeem your sanctified conscience from such deception. Material wealth and the things of this life is not part of the salvation package. Take it out of your mind. The moment you put it in there, it would mean that it is okay for you as a believer to set your heart after those things and chase up. The deception is this. Many have supported this wrong idea by misrepresenting scripture. For example, John writes to the believers in 3 John and says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. So they pound on this scripture and they stand unflinchingly on this scripture to claim that, see, God wants you well and God wants you healthy, physically well, and God wants you rich. Hallelujah. And they devise so many different methods by which God wants you rich. And in so doing, they keep chasing and chasing and chasing, and it is all a chasing of the wind. Jesus, again, I submit to you, brethren, to them is simply a means to an end. They don't seek Jesus for Jesus. Last week, our dear brother, or the angel said to us, we must seek genuine faith is faith that seeks God for God. Hallelujah. The pressing need of man was salvation. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died when we could not help ourselves break the bonds of sin, the power of sin over our life. Christ died, and he, he died to destroy him who had the power of death so that we can be released from the bondage to sin and live in ever fellowship with the Father. Do you know that the sinner is, an enmity, is in enmity with God or is an enemy of God? Hallelujah. The Bible says that the flesh is enmity with God. But the Bible says we are not in the flesh, but we are in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of Christ dwells in us. So when we got saved, the blessing of salvation is this. It positioned you to receive the spirit by whom you would have fellowship with the Father. So that you are no longer an enemy of God, not even a friend of God, but now you are a son of God. 
The Bible says that God be praised. Who has called us into the fellowship of his. The goal of our faith is fellowship with the Father. Fellowship with the Father. Listen to me again. The goal of our faith is fellowship with the Father. And through that fellowship, we grow into Christ-likeness. Reflecting him more and more. That is the goal of our we would we would put material world and the things of this world where they belong. I will touch on them very soon. Hallelujah. You see, the Bible says that rightly dividing the word of truth, you must rightly divide the word of truth and set things in their rightful place. If not, you will make a shipwreck of your I submit unto you, brethren. Hallelujah. When John wrote his blessed epistle to the brethren, wishing above all things that they prosper and be in health, I submit unto you, John's wish was not for them to be chasing after material wealth and physical health. Hallelujah. Because as wealthy as you will be in this life, one day you will live it. It will not go with you to eternity. That means that they are temporal things. The Bible says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen, for the things which are seen are temporal. They are passing away. They are transient. They don't last. But are the things which are permanent, the permanent truths of eternal life, they are truths we call them timeless truths. Hallelujah. Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the full. What kind of life is he talking about? Eternal life. When we say eternal or everlasting life, it is not so much about the quantity, that is the longevity of it, but rather the quality of the life. Hallelujah. Now, when we say the quality of the life, we are not also talking about, you know, living that kind of life where you have everything in this world and you are okay and you are comfortable. No, no, no. The quality of life we are talking about refers to the life of God by which you share in fellowship with him. Without the life of God in you, you cannot share in fellowship with God. You cannot fellowship with God. Hallelujah. So when we talk about the quality of life, let us define it very well before men of reprobate minds lure us away with deception to chase after things. Hallelujah. The quality of the life, life of God himself in you. By that life, you have fellowship with the Father. So what was John talking about? And I was talking with Sister Rhoda, and I was saying that, you see, it will help your Bible study. Remember, I've always taught you, even with tears. You see, when you study your word, study in context. Hallelujah. In third John, listen, John wrote first John, Second John, Third John. If you study the book of First John, John exposes Antichrist. That is, people who do not believe that Jesus came in the flesh and who do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They are anti. And those people, John says, they went out from among us, but they were not of us. They were preaching false doctrine concerning Christ. So John dealt with that false doctrine and unveiled truth, then John's own revelation of truth was, but this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. This life is in his son. He who has the son, talking about Jesus, has this life. Hallelujah. Then he said, beloved, now are we the sons of God. Hallelujah. 
saying to you that you have this life. So John was calling for truth. He was dealing with error and bringing for truth. John's heart was after truth because they were dealing with a lot of doctrinal error in their time. And in 2 John, he does the same thing. So in 3 John, he does the same. So in his greeting to them, after he sets the premise in 3 John chapter number 1, where he says he rejoices because he has said that his beloved Gaius is abiding in the truth. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Then he goes on, you go to verse 4, he says, for, that means what he is, it's a continuation of what he has said and will help you better understand what he has said already. Then he says, for I have no greater joy. That is another way to say I wish above all things. Hallelujah. If my greatest wish for you to have is to have a car, then the moment you get that car, that will be my greatest joy. So listen to what John's greatest joy is. For I have no greater joy than to hear that you are abiding in the truth. Hallelujah. That means that John's wish of prosperity and health was not material prosperity and physical health, but rather spiritual prosperity in the truth and spiritual health in the truth. John wanted the brethren to be spiritually healthy by abiding in the truth. Do you know that there are a lot of believers who are spiritually sick because they are walking in error and they are walking in darkness of deception? They have believed the lie. Let me give you an example. Revelation chapter number three. Jesus Christ, our Lord himself, said to the Laodicean church, you people say, we are rich. We have no need of anything. But you don't know that you are poor. You are blind. And you are most to be pitied. They were spiritually blind and poor, but they did not know it. Physically, they were wealthy. And I'm sure they also interpreted John's words like that. So they said they had to chase after they made it their main goal. They became wealthy materially. Hallelujah. But God looked at them and said, you are spiritually poor. You are blind. Hallelujah. And you are most to be pitied because spiritually you are sick. And there are a lot of believers who are spiritually sick because they are not walking in the truth. What John was talking about was your spiritual health. And as a believer, what John wished above all things and what God wishes above all things for you is that you would abide in the truth. What God wants for you, faith generation, is that you would abide in the truth. What Pastor Sam, I desire for us all, is that we would abide in the truth. We will know the truth, we would abide in the truth, and we will walk in the truth. Who is the truth? Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That you will know the truth. That is why this year our theme is revelation in the knowledge of him. Who is the him? The truth, Jesus Christ. Revelation into so that you come out of the darkness of ignorance. You come out of the darkness of, of deception and abide in the truth. Hallelujah. There is nothing greater than that. And as a believer, nothing should give you greater joy than to abide in the truth. If you rejoice over material things more than you rejoice over your spiritual health, you are sick. 
Today, I'm talking strong as your pastor because I want to help bring your mind, redeem your sanctified consciousness from the deception that is rampant in our day. If you rejoice over material things more than you rejoice over your spiritual well-being, there is a problem. And I pray that may you be Hallelujah. So what is the place then of material wealth and physical health? They do have their place. Hallelujah. God surely wants you to be healthy because he's going to use your body to do his work. But your physical health and your spiritual health, which one is more important? Your spiritual health. God is, will God be happy when you are doing well financially and you are doing well materially? Yes. Because he knows that he is entrusting you with that so that you use it for the kingdom. But which one is more important to him? Your spiritual prosperity in the truth. Hallelujah. Because that is what will save your soul. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? You see, the, the, the 21st century church especially with the advent of the charismatic move. It began very beautifully. But gradually, I fear, I fear, that as the devil beguiled Eve in the garden, so has he beguiled many to set their hearts after things. But John says, love not the world, neither the things therein. If any man loveth the world, love for the Father is not in him. How quickly our love for God becomes cold when we think we are actually hot for God. Do you know some people, they are in church, they go about church, they do a lot, they think they are hot for God, but they are actually cold. You know, your love has run cold, but they don't know. Because you know why? Their heart rejoices in other things, not Christ. Their heart rejoices in other things, not the truth. Their heart rejoices over things of this life more than more than, not like they don't care about truth, they do, but it, it, it does not supersede everything over your heart. It does not have preeminence in your life, but the truth must have preeminence in your life. Hallelujah. So, what do I wish for you? What I it, yes, because in every area of your life, do well, excel, be great, yes. But above it all, your spiritual health. Above it all, your prosperity in the truth. Hallelujah is what is most important. That is why you shouldn't take prayer for a joke. Your prayers must not be overtaken by seeking things. The only time some people pray is when they seek, when they want things. You see, that's why if you notice, sometimes people say, you know, when, uh, you know, most of us on the line, we are from Africa. When we're back in Africa, we pray a lot. But when we come here, our prayer life goes down. Why? Let me tell you, sometimes the financial conditions and economic conditions conditions people to pray more. Why? Because they want things. But when they come here and they can get those things without prayer, they don't see the need to pray. But I submit to you, faith generation, the purpose of prayer is much more than seeking things. We pray not because we want things. Hallelujah. We can be blessed with everything in this world, but we still pray because prayer is for our spiritual health, not to obtain material things. Hallelujah. You are still a baby if that is how you think. Hallelujah. See, there are many people serving in the church. They go to church, they come, they do everything. They think that is just enough, but they, have no, they are not growing spiritually. Because even for some of them, their thought is, okay, I'm doing this in church so that God will look at that and bless me 
That is a childish thought. God wants you growing in Christ. That is what God wants for you. That is why you see, you must incline your heart. You must incline your ear. You must incline your mind to the word of truth. Paul says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among the saints in life. What is able to build you up? The word of his. That is why as a believer, you must stay in the word. You must love the word. David said, your words are sweeter to me than the honeycomb. More to be desired. Hallelujah. How, how much do you desire the word? Or the word is just a means to an end. A means to obtain things. So you see, when they are not getting it, they get frustrated. They don't even study their Bible. They don't even study. They don't care. They don't care. That's what the Bible, but the Bible says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, nor the rich man in his riches, nor the strong man in his strength, but he that will boast, let him boast in this, that he knoweth and understandeth me, the Lord. Hallelujah. How would you know the Lord? Through his word. Eternal life is knowing God. John 17, 3. Jesus said, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou art sent. Third generation, we need to grow spiritually. You see, that is why sometimes our testimonies are only about things, 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 things. Oh, you know, God opened the door for me, I bought a new car. It's great. It's a great testimony. I'm waiting and praying for that day where we come on the line and our testimony. Sister Paulina will just say, I have a testimony. Yesterday I went on evangelism. I met two crippled men. They were asking me for money. And an inspiration came upon me just like Peter. And I said, silver and gold, I, ha- I have none. But such as I have, I give unto you. Rise up in the name of Jesus and walk. And they rose up and they walked. And they gave their life to Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, Elder Ben will come and say, yesterday I was working at my job and a brother came to me was depressed. I prayed for him and the Holy Ghost revealed to me there is a spirit of depression over the brother's life. By, by word of wisdom I, I prayed over his life. I cast out that devil and the boy got saved. Hallelujah. Sister Laurie will come and say, you know, yesterday I went to Chick-fil-A to buy food. I met this young man there. I began to talk to him. He did not know about Jesus. I said Jesus with him. He broke down, began to cry, and gave his life to Christ. Hallelujah. These are greater testimonies. Hallelujah. Is somebody hearing it? Third generation, this is what we want. Above it all, this is what we want. This is what we must be rejoicing in. What does heaven rejoice over? Heaven doesn't rejoice when you buy a car. Heaven doesn't rejoice when you buy a house. Heaven doesn't rejoice when you get a husband. Heaven doesn't rejoice when you have the biggest wedding in town. As a matter of fact, heaven doesn't even care about that. Heaven doesn't rejoice when you get a new wife. Heaven doesn't rejoice when you get a new job. What does heaven rejoice over? When one sinner decides that, hey, I have been in darkness for far too long. The devil has deceived me for far too long. I am coming to Jesus. I am coming to Jesus. Jesus, son of David, mercy on my soul and they turn their life they, they are translated from darkness into light oh that is when heaven rejoices the Bible says that when one sinner turns to righteousness heaven rejoices is somebody hearing me today? that is what heaven rejoices over heaven rejoices over this make sure it is what you are also rejoicing over 
The time has come for the church to recognize that we are merely pilgrims walking through this world. We must not be deceived by the sights and sounds of this world. Listen, the things of this world are just here for us to use. Let's use them. Let's not allow them to have our heart and drive our passion away and become cold. The Bible says that. Oh, because of iniquity, the love of many shall work school. Oh, because men shall love the things of this world. Their love for God will begin to work school. It will drive their zeal down. They are no longer zealous for the things of God. Oh, what a sad sight it is for a Christian ministry to organize all night prayers the whole year. And for fifth weeks in a year, all our all night prayers we are praying, God, my cow, God, my household, God, my husband, oh, really? And no prayer for so, no prayer to increase in the revelation of the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. How sad it is. Not that those things are bad. You can chase after them. But it will bring a shipwreck of your faith. That is not what Christian faith is about. I want to help you to Let's set the record straight. Hallelujah. Do your best at your job. Work excellently and excel. Increase financially, abound materially. And recognize that you are on a mission for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Recognize that you are on a mission for what? The kingdom of God. Become eternity conscious. Become kingdom minded. Oh, I love it. One of my, one of my professors, you know, he's the dean of the College of Science at University of Alabama, UH. He's established. He has everything. He called me into his office one time when he learned that I'm a Christian. He was so excited. He called me once and said, Sam, Sam, let's talk about our faith and forget about all these other things. Hallelujah. <laughs> How I love that. We just sat down. We just talked about Christ. We just talked about the gospel. We just talked about our faith. And I realized that in that man was a desire for something greater. Though he had obtained all these things of this life, he recognized that they pale in the presence of that which is greater, which is the gospel. They pale in the presence of that which is greater, which is Christ. They pale in the presence of that which is greater, which is the truth. Hallelujah. Listen, here in faith generation, we pray for you. The others are in prayer for you all the time. We pray every morning. The Lord leads us, he guides us, he blesses us abundantly. The Lord opens great doors for us. Hallelujah. But we are kingdom-minded. We are truth-minded. We are Christ-minded. That's what the Bible says. Therefore, if you be risen with Christ, set your mind on things above. Set your mind where? On things above. You see, this is why, this is why, even in the area of our giving, we will not give unless we are promised something in this life. <laughs> give so that God will turn around your fortune. That's the only time. Unless we are promised something in this life. But to give so that the soul will be saved, no. But to give because we love Jesus and his work, no. Hallelujah. You see, I'm calling you to a higher plane. The Bible says, love is the excellent, yet so are you a more excellent way. Not that the others are not, they are not, they are good, but they are not excellent. But you see, as a believer, as you grow and you mature, you learn how to approve of excellent things. There are things in the spirit that are excellent. Hallelujah. 
Magadabasa sai, konkos mahahai. Gelelele bose, tunde matunde mararalongo ateni mingo saya. Geyontoko, arende magunte prehende masuses. May the church rise up out of this, the slumber that has come upon it because of worldliness. May the church rise up out of that darkness of deception it has fallen in. In the name of Jesus, let that darkness be broken over the church. In the mighty name of Jesus, let truth take its rightful place in the church one more time. Let truth take its right. Hallelujah. Mandikola ma antele de kuse. Dadia mantana na mangasa doni ni da peyas. Kelele mandeni. Dienge zenzeze mantamaya. Hallelujah. Is somebody hearing me tonight? Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I need a witness in the house. Is somebody hearing me tonight? Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, listen to me. Listen to me. I do you a great disservice if I don't teach you the truth. And I've, as I vow to you always and always, as long as I live and as long as faith generation remains and I continue to teach you, I will continue to bring your mind back to the Hallelujah. You understand? Ask yourself, what do you rejoice over? The Bible says that but we are the circumcision. Who puts no confidence in the flesh? Which worship in the spirit and rejoice in Christ? What do you, what do you rejoice? Hallelujah. What do you rejoice over? When you hear that somebody has died, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Do you ask yourself the question, did this person know Jesus? What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear somebody has died? Let me consider, this is why Jesus came. The Bible says that God does not wish that any man should perish, but that all should come to salvation. This is the great heart of the Father. That is why the whole of heaven rejoices over that, because that is what Jesus brought to the earth. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared at the least. The grace God gave us is for this. Listen, the fivefold ministry, the prophet, the apostles, actually the fourfold ministry, the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, the pastor teacher. Hallelujah. The reason God gave them is for one purpose. God did not give prophets or apostles, or pastor teachers, or evangelists, for any other thing but this, to equip the brethren for the work of the ministry. And what is the work of the ministry? The ministry of reconciliation, preaching of the gospel, and discipling people in the truth. That is the work of the, that is the work of the Bible ministry. The equipping of the brethren for the work of the ministry. So if you sit under the ministry of an apostle, you sit under the ministry of a pastor, you sit under the ministry of a teacher, or, or a ministry, under the ministry of an evangelist, or wherever it is, and you are not being equipped for the work of the ministry, this is the work we've been given. We are to equip you for the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. So that you can do the work of the ministry, which is the ministry of reconciliation, telling men about Jesus. I love it when the Bible says concerning the early church, as they went, they, oh, hallelujah. Say, generation, as we go, we'll preach the gospel. In wherever we are, as we go, we'll preach the gospel. That state where you are, you, wherever you are, you, in your family, you preach the gospel. Hallelujah. You tell men about Jesus, and you will disciple them. You see, the, the work is not just telling them about Jesus for them to be saved. The work is and discipling them also. You understand? Discipleship is very key. That is actually the greatest part of the job. That is why you must grow spiritually. It is important. How can you disciple others when you yourself have not been discipled or you yourself have not grown spiritually? Because you are busy about a thousand things, chasing after things, some other things. 
You were not even growing spiritually. How can you disciple people? You can't disciple. People have been in the faith five years, ten years, twenty years. Still, they can't disciple a soul. They can't teach them even the basics. But this is why the fivefold ministries were given to disciple us or equip us so that we can disciple others. That is why here in faith generation, the teaching, everything we are doing is meant to build you up. If you give yourself to the words you are hearing every Sunday, to the prayers we are praying every day, listen, it will build you up. It will teach you the word of God. It will grow your spirit, man, so that you in turn can impact what you have received to others to disciple them and to grow them in the faith. You can handle a soul. That is the goal. That you will become somebody who can disciple. That when, when people get saved and they come, I can say, okay, you, I'm handing you over to Sister Felicia. Sister Felicia, this is your soul. Disciple the person. Hallelujah. I can say, Sister Lorraine, I'm handing this person over to you. Disciple them. In the faith. Ask yourself. This should be your greatest goal in the faith. It should be your goal in the faith. Hallelujah. Stop saying, Oh, God bless me so that my enemies will be angry. Forget those things. Those things are for babies. Okay, your enemies saw that they are, and they are angry and, and so what. Rather that your enemies will be saved and they will come to the knowledge of Christ. Hallelujah. Oh God, set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Yes, he will set a table for you to preach the gospel to me. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, stop, stop trying to compete with people over material things. Oh God, do this for me. Oh God, you know, listen, so that people will see. Nah, forget it. Listen, if you know who you are in Christ, you'll not be walking like that. Listen, there are some who walk like It's okay. But I'm trying to tell you that there is a more excellent way. That's all I'm trying to say. Hallelujah. Your greatest testimony to the world is Jesus. What did I say? Your greatest testimony to the world is let your life Christ. Hallelujah. The first thing people should see about you is Jesus. You understand what I'm talking about? Let your life speak what? Like I told you, before Jesus came, people were marrying. That is why you see, when one time they came to Jesus and they said to Jesus, you know, Jesus, tell my brother to divide the property between him. Says, Jesus said, who made me an habitat between you and your brother? I did not come to determine who gets wealth and who doesn't get wealth. That's not my business. So leave me out of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say, leave Jesus out of it. Talk to me. Somebody say, leave Jesus out of it. Leave Jesus out of it. Hallelujah. Oh God, when my mother dies, let him give me that land. In the... Why well, you you will not die? Hallelujah. Am I helping somebody tonight? Amen. Amen. If your heart is attached, this word will resonate in your spirit, man. You hear what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Listen, as the pastor of a generation, I'm a watchman over your soul. I will give a report for you. Every one that the Lord, by his grace, has brought to, brought to faith generation for us to fellowship together, I will give a report on that day over you. My response. You know, on that day when I give my report, I can say the rest is up. Whether you received it or not, or whether you ignored it because I don't know what is going on, and you allowed the deceptions that are flying around to carry you out.
Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Is somebody hearing me? Hallelujah. Amen. We thank the Lord for them. Lift up your voice and begin to thank God for Jesus. How many times do you thank God for Jesus? When you wake up in the morning, I thank you for How many times do you thank God? Thank God tonight. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus.